This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I want to uh, read to you a, a letter that blessed me. I've had uh, three or four people this past week that came and uh, shared with me a testimony about how God intervened in their finances. Uh, I'm just going to read a, a portion of it, but it says, uh, Two years ago, I made a job change. I really felt that God was leading me down a different career path. During this time as well, a spirit of fear came on me regarding my future retirement not having enough. I began not to tithe because I felt I needed to save that money. Carrying this fear was a burden, and it was heavy. I looked back, I did not save any additional money. I had car repairs, medical bills, home repairs, etc. This fear was crippling me to the point I was worried all the time. In the beginning of October, I began to tithe above my current income. I felt led, led to tithe where I, needed, uh, where I needed to clear a pay period. I prayed and asked God to forgive me for the spirit of fear and lack of faith and stealing from him. I surrender, surrendered my finances to him. I just told God he could have my money. I just cannot handle this burden any longer. To my amazement, I have not missed one dime of the money. Most important, I have a peace. I'm at peace and I'm trusting God. Anyway, this past week, I uh, had a meeting with the supervisor there, and to my surprise, just out of the blue, I was given a promotion and a $10,000 raise. I had to look at that paper a second time and yelp, $10,000. I had to hold back the tears as I accepted the position. I'm so thankful that I followed the calling uh, of God to, to give I'm so glad I was obedient, surrendered my finances. I'm so grateful and thankful that God chose to bless my obedience so quickly. Most importantly, there's nothing better than living in the peace of God. Isn't that awesome? I mean, God is always going to uphold this word. He's always faithful to this word. Uh, another, I'll just share quickly another testimony a, a person got. Uh, actually, uh, the insurance, there was a, a claim and they had no paperwork or anything on this claim. And uh, they were on the phone with the insurance and said, where's your paperwork? Do you have any? And they didn't have any of it. And it's a long story how this took place. But anyway, they had nothing. And the insurance man said, well, how much was it? He said, uh, between two and 3000 he said, I'm going to write you a check for 2500 Now, if you know anything about insurance, with no, no paperwork of any claim or anything, just calling them and saying, I did have this happen, but I've got no evidence or no proof. And then they write you a check. Well, this is the week after they decided we're going to start tithing. We're coming, returning back to God. Coincidence? I think not. Now, that's a huge miracle there. <laughs> okay. We're going to get in the Word and continue with overflow. And 
God wants us blessed. We've seen that in the Word in this series that God wants us to prosper. I mean, how many have, have children? Do you want your kids to prosper and be successful? Of course you do. Well, Father God's the same way. He wants us blessed. We're his kids. He wants us blessed. He wants the best for us. But we have to do things his way. And we can't redefine what uh, his way is and make it fit our terms. We do it his way. And when we do it his way, he is God, by the way. (laughs) And he's always right. And whatever your opinion is that's different from his, that means we're wrong, right? So we do it his way. And God will bless, he will prosper. And there is something about tithing. I remember when we took the step, and I told you it was a a difficult thing, but took that step, there was an inner peace, an inner knowing that I was divinely connected with God and I was trusting him for my provision and for my supply. And that peace of God that surpasses understanding, you just can't put a price on that. That's one of the true riches of the kingdom, the peace of God. I mean, know that it's his peace, it's not our peace. We tap into his peace. The peace of God has been made available for us. How many know that God has never been stressed one day? He's never been without peace. <laughs> that's, a, that's a major thought right there. You can tap into his peace. So we're going to continue with this. When we do it God's way, it's always a guarantee. The tithe is the first 10% of our income, the first that you spend. And he says that's acceptable to me that... That honors him and brings glory to his name. Last week we looked at uh, the blessing of the tither that opens up the windows of heaven. He pours out a blessing or a benediction or uh, a conclusion. And and that, that blessing, when he opens up that window and pours it out, sometimes that benediction can look different. One of the other definitions of it, I didn't bring it out last Week, but it means a good word. It can be a, a, an idea. It can be an opportunity. It can be a concept. It can be something that God gives you, and we have to do something with that. A good example of this would be Peter. Remember, Peter had fished all night, and Jesus asked Peter to give. To give what? His boat. Jesus needed to use it for a meeting he was holding. And so uh, Peter gave Jesus his boat. Jesus gets in the boat. Remember, they push off from shore. The shoreline is full of people. He's preaching uh, to them. After he finishes, Jesus, the open window happens. A word of benediction or a good word for Peter comes. And Peter... Jesus says, look, fish over here. And Peter goes, look, I fished all night. Have you ever fished all night and caught nothing? It's no fisherman. Thank you. I have fished all night, didn't catch a thing. (laughs) And if somebody came up and caught me in the morning and said, look, go fish over there, I probably would 
be very tempted to throw something at them. <laughs> and, and Peter, something rised up within him. He goes, look, I fished all night. And nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. What happened to him is his net was full. What happened? He received the blessing he did not have room enough to contain. He had to yell for his partners back on the shore, come out here. And they filled up their nets. It's a picture of what happens, a blessing of a tither. We get a concept, we get an idea. It was a benediction that fit perfectly for Peter. Peter is a fisherman. See, it wouldn't have been good for God to give uh, Peter a, a concept about brain surgery. He wouldn't know what to do with that. But notice Peter still, he had to cast out the net. There still was effort. We think, well, God just poured down the, the job, the money, the cars from heaven on top of me. But that's not the way it works. He gives you opportunity. He gives you ideas. He gives you jobs. And he says, you cast out the net. You do your part. It takes effort. It takes work. So we get this. And we've heard it from preachers very often. I remember hearing preachers and they said, we had this need. And the check came in the mail. Anybody ever heard a preacher say that? And the check came in the mail and met the need. Well, that's because that fits them, their ministry. It's not the norm. I got to looking around, waiting for the mail. And I'm going, where's my check? Where's my check? I just heard my favorite preacher and said the check came in the mail. Nothing's come in the mail for me but bills and advertisement. And then finally it dawned on me, that's not the norm. A man did come and knocked on my door several years ago, and he said, the Lord told me to give you some fishing equipment. That's not the norm. It was a surprise. I wasn't in ministry or anything. He brought me $1,000 worth of fishing equipment. I still got rods and reels and stuff from that. That's not the norm. See, a benediction can be a change of mind, a change of thinking, just the way you see things, insight, uh, a revelation, an, an idea, an opportunity. That can be a benediction. So the blessing uh, of, of the tither is something that we need to understand because it's by faith that we pull on these promises uh, of God. We saw the blessing at the time was so big, Abraham's life could not contain it. And that blessing went to the fourth generation. So we're to leave an inheritance to our children's children. How do you do that? You become a tither. What's an inheritance can be more, much more than money. It can be knowing who you are in Christ. It can be knowing that put God first in your life, your life will be blessed. It can be knowing the peace of God and the direction of God, the plan of God for your, for your children's lives. All these things are part of the blessing that's too big for your life. Abraham couldn't contain it, went down to Levi, and went down to the fourth generation of his kids. 
Levi wasn't even born, but he was getting credit. It says that Levi also, through Abraham, he gave to Melchizedek. Wow. That just, if you love your kids, be a tither. What do you do? You teach your kids to tithe. When you look at the, the stats and stuff, it says that most people that tithe today started when they were teenagers because their family taught them. The Word of God says that God knew Abraham, that he would train and instruct his children in the ways of God. That means we have a job to do. Our kids, um, we taught them to tithe at an early age. They've always been tithers. But see, the, the tithe should produce in your kids that they get to walk in a greater blessing because of your obedience to God to give. Amen? So in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, verse uh, 10, Malachi 3, 10, If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So here the... Uh, uh, next point in the blessing of the tither is the enemy is rebuked from your ground. Or your ground is blessed. The ground was cursed when Adam and Eve fell. How do you take the curse off the ground? You tithe. And that means the ground is ready for seed, for, for giving above the tithe. And that's where multiplication and uh, harvest, harvest comes. Now, there is a change in this. And... In the new covenant, we have been given authority in Christ. Jesus, God is not rebuking the enemy for you. You take authority. We take authority. That's the difference. And we, and, and sometimes might teach on it, but just the things that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the things that changed are explained. The things that didn't uh, change aren't explained in the new. For example, praise and worship, almost everything we get about praise and worship is from the Old Covenant, Old Testament, because it didn't change in the new. Say so he's restoring the tabernacle of David. If that means anything to you. <laughs> this is a change. Authority issue is a change, and we have authority in Christ's name. So we speak. If the enemy's coming against your crop, you speak to the enemy in the name of Jesus. It's the same as if Jesus is rebuking the enemy. We have delegated authority, and you take authority over it. That's the reason you need to be talking to your bodies. You, need to, you have authority. Speak to the thing. <laughs> Tell it to sh shape up, get fit, and then go exercise. Hallelujah. Now, I wanted to mention the full power of tithing is found in, in grace, not in fear, not something that, you know, tithing is not a punishment. It's not a legalistic thing to me. It's a worship. I get to honor my God. I get to partner up with him. I get to have him intervene in the affairs of my life. I'm inviting him in. I get to trade the 
imperishable treasures of this earth for, or the perishable treasures of this earth for the imperishable treasures. I get to be rewarded on putting him first. I get to be blessed because I surrendered to him and I declare he's first in my life. So tithing becomes, it's not a money issue, but a heart issue. When I don't tithe, I'm, I'm, I'm actually robbing God of the honor that he is due and the glory that he is due. Romans 13, 7 says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. If anyone is due honor, it's Jesus Christ. If anyone is worthy of honor and glory, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And do here means required, expected, owed. We know it's not owed because we, we live in grace and our debt's been paid. But he is due glory. He is due worthiness. He is due honor from us. And there's something that I will always owe him forever and ever and ever. And the thing that I will owe him is my heart. I owe him such a, a debt of gratitude, such a, a, a thanksgiving, such, a, such a, a surrender to my God, my Savior, my Redeemer, the one who purchased me, the one who saw me deep in the, in the sin and the, the scum of life, who came and reached down and rescued me out of that. I want to give him my all. When I consider what the, he did for me, when I look at the price, when I look at the cross, no wonder we're going to cast our crowns down before him. No wonder we're going to lay, lay before him and say, worthy is the lamb of glory who took away my sins, who took away my guilt, my shame, and my fear. Worthy is the lamb. And you might as well not wait till you get to heaven. You might as well start thanking him now. Because we're going to be doing some shouting in heaven. We're going to be doing some, some praising in heaven. And you might as well start now. You want to change your mood? You need a tip for the holidays? A stress reliever? Get in your room, shut the door, and turn up the music. And I'm not talking about the blues. I'm talking about the heavenly sound of worship and glory and join in with the heavenly chorus declaring that he is worthy and he's my savior and I belong to him and he belongs to me and we walk together in this land and I walk not in my own strength but I walk in his strength. I walk with his peace, not with my peace but the peace of God and nothing can by any means hurt me because I belong to him. Worthy is the lamb. Praise and glory and honor to the one who is first. Worthy is the lamb of all praise, of all my life. When I consider what he's done, the only reasonable thing that I can do is lay down my life as a living sacrifice and say, God, if there's anything inside of me that's dishonorable to you, I want it out. I don't have the power to take it out, but you do, and I'm willing, so I surrender to you 
you. I come with a humble heart and God pours out and pounds towards me the grace of God, the divine enablement to walk free of that entrapment, to walk free of that temptation and to be a life that lets the light shine from above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this time of year because people start thinking about his goodness and his mercy. Man, we've been in the Christmas season for a while. We have the Hallmark Channel, and we've been doing three or four months of Christmas movies. I like them. I admit it. They're always happy endings. I can tell you what's going to (laughs) happen. Hallelujah. Matthew 22, verse 17. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Now, we learned something here. Pay your taxes. Well, I don't have the money for taxes. I'm not going to pay taxes. Pay your taxes. He might tell you to go fishing. (laughs) But pay your taxes. Do the right thing. But then give to God what belongs to him. What belongs to him? The tithe, the first fruits. It's from Genesis to Revelation. He is do it. It belongs to him. It is his. Hallelujah. Tithing is a privilege and an honor we have. It's a sacred thing. It's holy to him. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he who is faithful and was least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust and was least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, mammon is a spirit that comes upon money, that money becomes a God, who will commit to your trust the true riches? There are some true riches of the kingdom that you can't buy. There are some true riches that we just can't afford. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So he's saying here, if you've been unfaithful of unrighteous mammon, and that is the... The, the God of this world system. How can you be trusted with true riches? God is saying, I need to trust you in the least. And the least is, is the tithe. Trust you with the least. It's the beginning point. How can I trust you with true riches? And he, he's telling us, well, you know, 
Once I get my act together, Lord, I'll start tithing. Once I get all my bills and debt paid, I'll start tithing. No, you won't. <laughs> it says be faithful with the little. Well, once my, I get, start making some more money, do you know the wealthiest people give the least? Why? Because the more you, you go, the bigger you are. Well, that 10% seems pretty big. So, what he's saying, be faithful where you're at now. And he will bless. Reason the uh, crash of 2008, you know, some people lost their money and committed suicide. I'll tell you why, their God died. And if your God dies, that's a pretty tough thing to take. If you've been faithful, not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you've been not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? And, and we're being taught here that being faithful in what belongs to another man. How about faithful in what belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ or to God, the tithe? And then you can be trusted with more. Abraham returned from victory in, in battle. Remember this? Melchizedek came, the king uh, of Salem, the king of righteousness, he's called. Abraham the, uh, has a major uh, victory in this battle. And it says, Melchizedek, the priest of God, comes and he blesses him. And it says, Abraham responded and gave his tithe of all to him. And this is a picture of before the law. Abraham's called the father of faith because he believed unto righteousness by faith. He believed. It wasn't through performance, it wasn't through a law. He believed. So it's a picture of grace in the, in the new covenant. And we, Jesus is called after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus blessed us first. And how do we respond? We respond with the tithe. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this. I have. What if Melchizedek comes up and he blesses uh, Abraham, said, you won this battle and the most high was with you, all this. What if Abraham said, ah, get out of here, Melchizedek. I don't like you. I don't like your name or, you know, whatever. Just, what if he just blew him off? Would he have had what happened to him next? The windows of heaven opened, he got a vision, and he saw what his purpose was, his destiny was. I don't believe that will happen because that's the provision and the promise that comes to the tither. You get to know your purpose and your destiny. What if we have a high priest and we don't recognize him or we don't honor him? Just a thought. Let me read to you a couple of scriptures here. And the word blessed there, where Melchizedek blessed Abraham, it means to empower the prosper. A lot more in dollar and cents, empowered the prosper. So if we don't recognize the, our high priest, don't submit to him or honor him, 
don't trust him? Are we limiting what he can do for us? Answer is yes. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 14. For it's evident that our Lord arose from Judah, from which uh, tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. It is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. You can connect that with grace. The power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus Christ is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And this priest still receives tithes today. We saw last week, it's even during the church age. It's, it's after he was resurrected, he receives the tithe today. And it's according to the power of an endless life. But, or we could say according to grace. We get in heaven not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of Jesus and what he's done. So I want to take a moment and just look at this high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 7, verse 22. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. There were also many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever... This high priest continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Surety here means guarantee. He is the guarantee. He is the pledge. He is the oath of the new covenant. He, made himself, he has made himself personally responsible for the new covenant. That's what he's done. Jesus Christ is the surety, the oath, the pledge of that new covenant being in place, being firmly intact. That's our high priest. So while I come to him, he is the one who makes the new covenant come to pass. Maybe I need to recognize him and give him honor for bringing it to pass in my life. Or maybe when I recognize and put him first, it causes it to come to pass in my life. I'm allowing it to come to pass in my life. So we got to tap into his happily ministry according to that order of Melchizedek. How we do it by tithing. Hebrews 8, 6, but now he's obtained more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Mediator here means agent or representative. You have a representative in heaven. You have a representative at the right hand of Father God. His name is Jesus Christ, Lord of all. He's your agent. He's your representative before the Father. When you give your tithe to him, and you can find this through um, Old Covenant, uh, the Old Testament scriptures. When you give your tithe to the Lord Jesus Christ, he at the right hand of the throne of God turns and presents it to Father God as a worship. He's our agent. He represents us. Now, if you were playing basketball or something, you had an agent, and you just blew off the agent, now I'm not taking your phone calls. I'm not signing anything you want me to sign. Just disregarding them. You're not going to have an agent very long. <laughs> but what if 
Our tithe puts him, you're connecting with your agent, and he's representing you. And tithing is the way that we release this, this high priestly ministry. And let me say, I don't want to make it sound like that tithing's a shortcut to all the blessings of God. You still got to obey, you got to pray, read your word, you've got to do the things that we know to do. But put him first. Put him first. It's a foundational principle in the Word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize for our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. We all need mercy and, you know, and, and help at times. We all make mistakes. We all need grace. He's merciful. He's compassionate. Even if you're not a tither, he's in love with you. But let me tell you, he's limited and what he can do in your life because you're not putting him first. Well, that's not the way I say it. That's the way he sees it. The way you say it, that's not right vision. Well, I just can't, can't believe that, God, I, I have to give him this 10%, 10% and that means that much to him. It's holy and sacred unto him. It, it's a demonstration of your faith and your heart and trusting him. It's more than what we'd say a big deal. It is everything to him because you're putting him first. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and they say, it's just not, I'm not seeing the blessing. I'm not seeing this happen. And I ask them, are you tithing? No. Well, maybe. And I don't say maybe. I said, you need to look at that <laughs> And take a step because the scriptures plainly speak that we need to put him first. Just take your wife. She's supposed to be first in your life. After, not talking about the Lord, of course. She's, she's first right there. But you have four or five other ladies that you talk to before you go to your wife. <laughs> And you want the wifely blessing. And she knows because she knows all things about you. And you're spending all this time and all this affection on these other four ladies. And then you come and you're wanting your, her best. And you're not going to get her best. Amen? To say the least. You might get her best shot. <laughs> no, you won't might. You will <laughs> get her best shot. That's the way we treat God sometimes. Hebrews 3, verse 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore, holy brethren... Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, confessing his Lord said, we speak the word, we confess what he says. We speak what he says. He's the high priest for our confession, or he makes sure what we say that he said come to pass. 
We say that again. He's the high priest of our, our confession, what we're saying, what we're believing for, our faith. When we speak what he says, he makes sure it comes to pass. So let me give you these, what the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ does for us. Number one, Jesus empowers us to prosper. He empowers us to prosper. Number two, Jesus is the guarantee of the new covenant. Number three, Jesus prays for you to experience the full salvation. Didn't talk about it, but part of it, he saves to the uttermost is the word uh, sozo. And it means every area of your life, healing, wholeness, peace, prosperity, freedom, every single area of your life, he's your agent, he's your surety, he's your guarantee of those things coming to pass in your life. Wow. Saves to the uttermost. He wants you to experience all of salvation. He wants you healed. He don't want you sick in your body, limping around, hurt. He wants you free. Next, number four, Jesus is compassionate, welcomes us into the throne room to receive mercy, grace, and help time of need. Isn't it interesting we say that verse all the time, you come boldly into the throne room. Isn't it interesting it's connected to the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. After the order of Melchizedek, the one that we are to honor with the tithe and our offerings. And then number five, Jesus backs up his words which we speak. When you understand the principle of tithing, what's behind this, you'll never stop. You'll, you'll, you'll give and you'll bless. Next week's our Christmas gift offering and pray that you pray about it. You know, we do celebrate this is Jesus' birthday. And I like to think that I'm bringing him a birthday present to bless other people and let our light shine. Be praying about that money back guarantee. Somebody told me, you know, I'm going to start tithing. I don't need a guarantee. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But this is in place to, to help take that step. And we believe and we know God will show up in your life and you will see a difference. And generous giver, this is, this is an opportunity. There's no limits to the blessings of God. So God, I want to increase. Maybe that's been your prayer. But you know, when you want increase, he wants a seed. So, say, so Lord, I'm, I'm believing, and by faith, I'm going to go to 11% or 12%. And watch what will happen. 77% uh, uh, of the people that tithe, give 11 to 20%. They have less debt. Um, I'll have to pull the figures. I'm, I'm bringing them next week. But I think uh, 33% or something like that have no debt, have their homes paid off. They're good stewards. But only 3 to 5% are actually tithing. Wow. Amen. Some of you had some questions. I'll look at uh, answering some of those also. Let's bow our heads. Today is the day of salvation.
Today is the day that you can turn to him. Now, I've had a couple of people say they're repenting uh, about not tithing. You know, in the Old Testament, you had to pay a 20% interest charge. Well, there is no interest charge that's been paid in full. God just wants your heart. If today you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and you're ready to surrender, because it's about surrender. Surrendering to his lordship. Surrendering to his will for your life. Laying down your opinions, what you think is right, and going to his word and seeing what God says. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross to take our shame and our sin, our pain, our grief, our fears. He took it all for us. And all he says, give me your heart. I want to come into your life. I want to infuse your life. I want to give you new life on the inside. I want to walk with you and talk with you. I want to always be with you. I'm going to change your life. That's what the Lord is. He'll change your life. But you don't have to stress about it. Because in the master's hand, he knows exactly how and when to shape and form your life. No one looking around. If you need Jesus today or you want to get right with God today, I want you to lift up your hand and say, that's me. We're going to pray together. others say they need Jesus today, need to get right with God let's pray this together, say dear Lord thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me who went to the cross for me I surrender my heart I surrender my life to you Lord Jesus come into my life be my Lord. Be my Savior. I look to you, Lord. You're my answer. You're my life. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. To give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.